That's pretty amazing, isn't it? I mean, come on, give the Lord a praise, man. That's awesome. That's great. Man, it is great. That's just amazing to me. I'm Aaron Cole, the senior pastor, and it's great to be with you uh, this weekend. If you have your Bibles, if you'll turn me to, to the book of Nehemiah, chapter 1, I'm going to get there in just a minute. But I just want to say thank you right from the very beginning for being the kind of church that does that, being the kind of church that serves. Now, a lot of what I'm going to say, I know I'm kind of preaching to the choir, so I just want you to kind of know that right from the very beginning, so you'd be the choir and I'd be the one preaching, all right? And, uh, but I just want you to know, and I may get a little passionate, because this is kind of like right in my wheelhouse, and some of you may say, we've heard this before. Yes, you have. It's called vision, and vision leaks, and so you have to constantly fill the tank. You have to constantly make sure that the pressure's up. You got to constantly make sure that, that we're staying focused, because if not, then we, we, get, we get sidetracked and, and derailed and get off mission of what God's called us to do. But I want to ask a question right from the beginning. Even if you're watching this on video, I want you to just respond. How many of you, uh, you, are, you were born or raised, southeastern Wisconsin is home for you? Will you raise your hand? Southeastern Wisconsin. Okay, a lot of you. Okay. All right, keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. Yeah, all right. Even if you're watching me on video, keep your hands up. It's all right. How long can you do this? No, I'm just teasing. Okay, if, if you were born in Wisconsin along with this, you know, I'm not Southeastern, raise your hand too with all the other people. Come on, everybody, hands up. Whoa, whoa, whoa there's a lot of people here. Okay, everybody can put their hands down. If you were born or home is outside of Wisconsin for you, whether it's in Tallahassee or Zambia, raise your hand. Anybody else? Okay. So most of the people uh, at Life Church are from Wisconsin and the majority are from Southeastern Wisconsin. I'm. I'm going somewhere with this, I promise. And, and the reality is, is that uh, there are 39 major metropolitan centers in North America, in, excuse me, in, in the United States, that comprise around a million people in the metropolitan cities, and um, in, in each one of those respective cities. And Milwaukee is the most homogenous of those cities. So more people that live uh, uh, as far as the top 40 major cities or 39 major cities in America, uh, Milwaukee has more people that live there that are from there, that's home for there. And, and so and here's the one thing that we all have in common. All of us in this room, all of us here at Life Church, whether you, you uh, got transferred here, whether you have a spouse that got transferred here, whether you're here and you're trying to get out, don't raise your hand right now, that's not nice. Uh, uh, <laughs> whether you lost a bet, whether your parents got moved here, whatever reason, or you were born here, you're raised here, whether you like it or you don't like it, whether, whatever, we're all here. Would you agree? Right? We're all here. And so because we're all here, there's a purpose and a reason. Because the Bible says that the steps of a righteous man or woman are ordered of the Lord. So nothing happens by accident. Nothing just happens just because our steps are ordered. God has a plan. He has a purpose. He has a reason. And, and, and so as, as, as we're here, part of our goal, part of our reason for being here and for being a church is to reach the city of Milwaukee. Not just the suburbs, but the city. Because there, there's a common thought that says, well, what happens in the city doesn't really affect the suburbs. Contraire, mon frere, it affects everything. What happens in the city will affect your kids in junior high, will affect your kids in high school. What happens in the city will affect the suburbs. And you can't just get out of the city and get away from the problems and just escape it. Because eventually it's going to creep your direction. It's going to happen. So if we want... 
God to move in our suburban settings, we've got to make sure that God's moving in our city. And we're all connected uh, by work, by relationships, by people in this Milwaukee metropolitan area. And that's one of the things that God's put on our heart to do as a church is not just to reach uh, Washington County or Wazaki County or Ozaki County, but Milwaukee County as well. Because it's all part of what God is doing. And that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about a heart for the city. And you may go, well, how does, I don't know that we've really been called. Well, Matthew chapter 5, I'm just going to read this for you. Verse 14, 15, and 16, Jesus said this, that you are the light of the world, a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. Neither do people put a, lamp, a light and a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. So in the same way, let your light so shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And how do we do this corporately? We do this by impacting the city of Milwaukee. How do we do that? I'm so glad you asked. That's what I want to talk about today. Is, 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 first of all, we have to have a heart for the city. You've got to get a heart for the city. You've got to get a heart for the city. Now, I just want to stop here because I've lived in Milwaukee in the metropolitan area for 10 years. And the one thing that I know is that people that are from here don't understand people that aren't from here and, and some of the issues that people that aren't from here have with people that are from here. Does that make sense at all? Like, okay. And so if you're not from here, I mean, I've seen some people just really go like, I just don't get this, I don't understand this and everything. And, and, and I've seen people just come and go and really, the, the key is this, is whether you're from here or you're not from here. I, I want to talk just to the people that aren't from here for just a second. You're called. You're here. And you can do one of two things. You can either push against it and resist it and get mad about it. And I've seen people do that. I've seen people come to Life Church because they, you know, I have a southern accent or there's some something that somewhere, some, I talk about fried chicken and mashed potatoes. Well, I don't know what it is. And, and we'll do something and they'll go, hey, I can kind of connect with this, this guy, you know, because I, I just feel like I'm just, some, I, I just, I just feel like I'm so out of place. And they so push against it that they never allow God to do what he wants to do in their life. And I've seen people that are from here look at those people and go, you guys are nuts, which they probably are, but, 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 but I, I, I see that. And, and I also know what it's like to be here and not know anyone. When I moved here 10 years ago, Tammy and I moved here, we didn't know anybody except for the 100 people that were here. We had no family, we had no relation, we had no anything. And I remember it felt very much different than anything I'd ever been around or raised with. Ten years later, I can tell you that I'm here. I'm raising my family. And, and, and we as a family love it. And God's blessed and has flourished. But that's because we've endeavored to have a heart of God for where he's placed us. And so as I'm talking today, there's two groups of people. There are those people that you're here and, and, and you don't really want to be here, but you're here. And I'm going to kind of get in your kitchen a little bit and kind of push some buttons and just and challenge you to go, you need to bloom where you're planted. You need to quit trying to be down on everything and, and resist everything and, 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 and things that you don't understand. And then there are people that are here, the other group, you, you know, you, you mean this is home, this is where you're raised, this is where you're from, but what's happened is you become so comfortable that you no longer see it anymore. And, or you've lived in the suburbs so long that it doesn't affect you anymore. So regardless where you're from on this journey of how you got here, you're here. And God's called us to be here and to do something. And the key to that as a church is to have a heart for the city. Now, in Scripture, 
There are two times in the entire Bible where an individual wept or cried over a city. There's only twice in Scripture where it's recorded. And, and the first of those is a guy named Nehemiah. Nehemiah weeps over the city. If you have your Bible, uh, he, it's in Nehemiah chapter 1. The, the city walls of Jerusalem had been destroyed. Jerusalem was his hometown. And, uh, and so, uh, because the walls were down, that, that meant that the city was no longer, had no, it, was, it symbolized its strength. The gates were burned. It symbolized its security, the order. And it was totally in disarray. And, uh, and, and God speaks to Nehemiah, Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 1, And the words of Nehemiah, son, son of Hakiah, in, in the month of Keslev, in the 20th year, while I was in the citadel of Susa, Hananiah, one of my brothers, came from Jerusalem, from Judah, with some other men, and I questioned them about the Jewish remnant that had, that had survived the exile, and also about Jerusalem. And they said to me, those who survived the exile are back in the province, are in great trouble and in a disgrace. And the wall of Jerusalem is broken down, its gates have been burned, and when I heard these things, I sat down and I wept. For some days I mourned and I fasted, and prayed before the God of heaven. Nehemiah sees his hometown. He sees the city of Jerusalem in complete dis- disrepair, and it bothers him. It bothers him to the point that he begins to fast, and he mourns over the loss of the city. It bothers him to a point that he begins to weep over the city. It bothers him. The second example that we see of someone weeping over a city is Jesus. Luke's Gospel, chapter 19, verse 41. It's interesting, it's the same city, it's Jerusalem. As he approached Jerusalem, and saw the city, he wept over it. He wept over it. Here's what's interesting. Jesus never cries over the church. He doesn't cry over religious leaders of the day. He doesn't cry over, he cries over the city. Now I know some people go, well, but the scholars and theologians say that he, it was metaphorical because of the fact that Jerusalem was going to be going through a great turmoil because this was right before the, 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 you know, the crucifixion. Blah, 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 blah. Look, he comes into the city of Jerusalem, God's chosen city, the same city that the Holy Spirit spoke and moved upon Nehemiah's heart to do something great in, the same city that he cried over. He's crying over this city and he's sitting there and, and he comes in and he sees the city and the Bible says that Jesus said he sees the city it's like, it's like baby chicks without, without a mother hen. They're, they're, they're chirping and, and they're longing and they're looking and they need help, but there's no one to be there. And Jesus said, I wish that I could gather them up. I wish that I could, could, could mend the wrong. I wish I could. Why? Because he had a heart for the city. Twice in Scripture, same city. Interesting. Just a question, just a thought, theologically. Have you ever cried over a city? When was the last time you were moved with compassion for the city of Milwaukee, in which we all exist off that hub of? No, we don't. We build highways and byways around it. We try to avoid it. We, 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 build our suburban, and I live in the suburbs, I'm not shooting at you, but just follow me. We build our lives because we don't want to be around it. We don't want our kids to be exposed to it. We don't want the stench of it. We don't want this. We don't want that. Milwaukee is a city of great need and great spiritual depravity. Milwaukee is a fourth poorest city in the United States of America. When people ask you where you're from, you're, 
I don't care if you live in Sussex or Germantown or Cedarburg. You're from Milwaukee. This is where, and this is, I mean, there's not an international airport in Cedarburg. Sorry. I mean, there's just not. I mean, Germantown, we got a couple stoplights, right? I mean, come on. This is where we, right? 41% of the children in Milwaukee are living in poverty. 42% of people that are homeless tonight in Milwaukee have families. That means 42% of the homeless population in Milwaukee have children that have no home tonight. Two out of three babies born in Milwaukee are born to single moms. More babies die in Milwaukee than in any other city in our nation. 54% of families in our city of Milwaukee earn $15,000 a year or less. More extreme poverty neighborhoods are found in Milwaukee than in Los Angeles, New York, Detroit, or D.C. Milwaukee is the top five drug-infested city in the nation. I get these statistics, and I push back on them, because I'm like, ah, because you can make stats, say what you want them to say, and blah, 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 blah. And I, and I contacted Ryan, and I said, I want to know where you got these from, I want to know where this is. Is this really? No, it's, it, it's the truth. And I'm just going to be honest with you. The one about the, 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 the 42% of, of people that are homeless, our families, bothers me. It, 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 I mean, I'm traveling this week. And it was like, really? I mean, I'm on a plane. When I get off, I, I call, contact Ryan. I said, listen, I got, I got a couple meetings in a couple hours. But I, I want to know, is that really a real stat? Like, I, I need to make sure. I want to verify this. I don't want this to be one of these, like, evangelistically speaking, right? You know, because preachers can say all kinds of stuff. You better watch them. And so, you know, it's just one of those things. And it's like, no, 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 these are real statistics. Th- th- this should bother us. This should bother you. It should bother me. And if it doesn't bother us, wow. Ed Seitzer, who is a, he's a, he's a Baptist uh, strategist and, and, and a church planner in, in Nashville, very, very well versed. I wrote, read a peer article that he wrote in a magazine last month. And, and I, wrote, I read it and, and I was so moved by it that immediately I went into Ryan's office and just sat down for a minute and just said, hey, well, let's. I just read the article. I said, this is just like, man, really nailed me. Got home that night, and after dinner, I said, Tammy, you have to read this. And, and Seitzer makes a statement. He said, I'm convinced that you will not reach a community for Christ unless you are deeply in love with the community and its people. If we're going to reach Milwaukee, we have to have a heart for the city. And if we're going to have a heart for the city, we've got to have a heart for the people. That's the way it is. And I, again, I know I'm kind of preaching to the choir, but I'm just reminding all of us, this is important. And in my life, I, I get busy. And the work of God kills the work of God in me if I'm not careful. And what happens is I get to going and going and going and going. It's the church and I, I'm doing this and i got this meeting and this meeting and this meeting. When it's really all about people at the end of the day. And I can get to going through and and doing things. And and I forget, it's all about people. You can go to work. You can drive to the city. You can drive back to your home in the suburbs. You can go here. And you you just forget. And and you don't think. I mean, does that bother you that that Milwaukee is the fourth poorest city in the nation? It's our city. It's our town. I mean, we're not talking about backwoods Mississippi here, folks. We're talking about a major metropolitan center 
I mean, of the top Fortune 100 companies in North America, five of them reside in the suburbs of that city. Five. It's one of the highest concentrations outside the West Coast and, uh, and, and New York. So it's not a money problem. It's a heart problem. You've got to have a heart for the city. The second is it's not just enough to have a heart for the city. You've got to have a plan for the city. Great, you've got a heart. Great, you, 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 you care. But you've got to have a plan for the city. And we go back to Nehemiah. Nehemiah chapter 2. If you turn back over there, Nehemiah chapter 2. He, he goes before the king. And here's what you have to understand. As he's going before the king, the king actually represents the nation that came into Jerusalem and, and basically leveled it. And when they leveled it, they, um, they, they, they went in and they just, they're the ones that burnt the, the gates and they, they're the ones that, um, man, they uh, tore down the walls. And that's who Nehemiah is working for. And in verse 4 of Nehemiah chapter 2, the king said to me, what is it that you want? Then I prayed to the God of heaven, and I answered the king. If it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in his sight, let him send me to the city in Judah where my ancestors are buried so that I can rebuild it. And if you read on the following verses and chapters, the king who destroyed the city actually pays and finances to have the city rebuilt under the leadership of Nehemiah. Got to have a plan. Our heart for Milwaukee should move us to do something about it. There's five times in the, in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John where Jesus is speaking and, and where Jesus is ministering. And the Bible says he was moved with compassion. Five times. He was moved with compassion. He was moved with compassion. He was moved with compassion. And each one of those times he was moved with compassion. He doesn't stop and do something spiritual. He doesn't stop and pray. He doesn't stop and fast. He doesn't give a Bible lesson. He immediately meets the need. You're blind? Okay, now you can see. You're lame? Now you can walk. You're dead? Rise and be healed in the name of Jesus. I mean, he meets the need. He doesn't do this Christian thing, oh, you know what, we've got a prayer chain at our church and I'll write that on that communication card and the pastor, he's more spiritual. Well, maybe not, but there's other people that are spiritual and they'll write that down and we'll pray for you. And we'll... No, 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 no. He just meets the need. He writes the check. He just takes care of whatever the situation is. So what, what do we do? How do we, I mean, it's a big city. How do we do this? How, we're, we're, well, first of all, we, we can't do everything, but, but we have a part. And there's just two things that I, I want to talk about. One, as a church, we will give and go. This is part of what, this is how we do missions here. And this is kind of, we're kind of talking about missions these, these, these couple of weeks. I heart my nation last week. I heart my city this week. I heart my world next week. As a church, we'll give and go. It's not a, Either or, it's a both and. And so there's a couple of ways to do this as a church. One is through faith promises. If you, if you take your communication card, I'm not taking a special offer, but if you grab this communication card, especially if you're a regular attender, on the back side, go ahead, grab your communication card just for me because I'm going to come back to this in just a second. On the back side, it's faith promises. God enables me, I will help take the message of Jesus Christ around the corner, around the world by partnering with Life Church. It's a weekly faith promise. I get nothing from that. There's no money that stays at the church. There's no administrative costs that are paid. There's no salary that's paid out of that. A hundred percent of every dollar you give to missions goes. Matter of fact, I just checked it this last week. We're negative $96,000 in our missions account. What offsets that? Your tithing? Why? Because we're not going to be the kind of church that goes, hey, we'll pray for you. 
Hey, we, we, we hope it works out for you. Hey, hey, we, we hope everything is great for you. No, we're going to be the kind of church that says, here's what we can do. We can't do everything, but we can do something. We, we, we can't fix every problem, but we can help you. We're going to give and give and give and give and give. Well, aren't you concerned about running the department in the red and running the church in that? I don't run the church in the red. It's the missions department. No, I'm not. Because when we take care of God's world, he takes care of ours. And every time we've given the missions, whether it's been local, national, or international, God's opened up the windows of heaven and poured out a blessing. So great we, can't, we don't have room to contain it. So if you're not giving, I encourage you to start. If you are, maybe this week or next week, evaluate and go, can we do something more? And you go, Aaron, do you realize there's a recession? Yeah, I do. I do. Do, do. do you realize we just had a national election and people are very uncertain? Yeah, I, I do. <laughs> but they're still hurting people. And there's still money. And there's still an opportunity. And I'm just simply giving you that opportunity. That's one way we do it. Another way is what we're doing with, with facilities here at the Germantown campus to be able to, to, to continue to, to build. It, it's not about bricks and sticks or steeples and stained glass. It's about reaching more people. There was 1,242 people on campus last weekend. And you go, well, there's 400 seats. You do four services. Can't we wait till we get 1,600 people before we go? I wish it worked that way. But it's a thing called the law of diminishing return, which means I only get one 930 service. Because 11 o'clock, I'm up against a thing called the Green Bay Packers. I don't know if you heard about them, but they kick off at noon on most Sundays in the fall. And then on Saturday night, I got some people that don't want to go Saturday night and some people that do that. So I got all these things that go on. So I'll I'll preach on Thursday morning at 10 o'clock if you'll show up. Trust me. I, I don't have to do this. If, if we did church my way, I'd do one time, 10 o'clock, an hour service, and we would end with a brunch every week. Fried chicken, and right? Come on. Who would want to go to church like that? I would. Praise his name. I'm just saying. So we do this in order to reach people. We do this. And so the, so the deal is, is we're going to continue to build a facility to facilitate what God's doing. That's it. That's another way we give and we go. I'm not taking an extra offering, just so you know. I'm just talking. Uh, and, and, and another thing is we partner with local organizations. We partner with local organizations. I don't believe we need to recreate the wheel. I, need to, I believe we should find organizations that are doing good work uh, in, in his name, and, and, and we partner with them. And if God speaks to us that we should do something specifically, then we can. Here in Washington County, we, we partner with St. Boniface, local Catholic church, with their food pantry. Do you know they're Catholic? Yeah, but do you know that they're giving food away? To, to needy people? Why do we need to reinvent the wheel? We're not in competition with, with St. Boniface. If we really believe what Jesus said, we're all one body and one and, and his, we just, we'll support them and what they're doing. And then we'll do other things. So, so Food for the Hungry in the city of Milwaukee, we work with them. We work with Adullam. We work with City on a Hill. We work with non-Christian organizations. Now, I'm not working with ecumenical movements that, that don't espouse Christ and crucified, but I'm talking about Milwaukee Park and Rec. Everybody's like, okay. I thought for a minute he was like giving money to... No, we're not like going to like Satanist 101 down in Milwaukee and saying, hey, we're going to give you money. It, we're, 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 we're just here to say, hey, we're, we're here to serve. Why? Because let me tell you something. I don't care whether you're in the city of Milwaukee. I don't care if you're in the slums of Nairobi. People don't hear you if they're hungry. People don't care how much you know till they know how much you care. And when you give a cup of cold water in his name, when, 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 you, give, when you give bread in his name, when you do something in his name, then they begin to open up, the, open up their hearts and they begin to hear the message and hear, and hear what you have 
have to say. And so we're going to continue to love people, to serve people, to help people. Man, I'm preaching very and shouting. And, and then as a church, we're going to continue to leverage ourselves with multi-site. And I know I've talked a ton about this, but we're going to leverage technology in order to reach people far away from Christ. And so in Milwaukee, uh, it's one of the shortest commute times in the nation. And so after about 19 minutes, people are just not going to drive further than about 18, 19 minutes to get to church. So we could plant individual churches. I had somebody ask me, why don't you plant churches instead of video venue? Do you need to see yourself on the screen? It's real simple. To plant an individual church cost me a quarter of a million dollars. If you want to write a check, you make it out to Life Church. Zeros are free. I will take all the money you'll give us. I can do a video venue satellite campus, full-blown everything for $55,000. It's just math. Very simple. Very simple. Because I don't get double salary. I mean, I'm not like salary here. Salary. I mean, I just, I get paid, the board takes care of it, and that's it. I mean, it just is what it is. And so the staff, we just do this. And so as those campuses grow, we hire more staff, and we do, do that to serve. It's a very economical way to be able to do that. And our West Campus is, is, is one of the fastest-growing churches in our state. And you may go, well, I don't know it's growing super, super fast. I'm just telling you, statistically, it's right where it is. And so we're going to continue to, to go to these various areas of our city and plant satellite, video venue delivery system, and, and do that. Why? Because we're going to leverage technology. So that's what we're going to do together. Now, as individuals, we always ask you to invest and invite. As individuals, we will invest and invite. How do we invest and invite? Well, first of all, Second Saturday. I'm not asking you to write a check on Second Saturday. I'm asking you to give of your time on Second Saturday. This past year, we gave over 1,400 volunteer hours. Let me tell you how that was computed. That was Life Church showed up. And that's not individual hours. That's all of us together showed up, and we worked five hours this day. And there may be 20 of us, but 20 of us worked five hours. And, and 30 of us worked 15, 10 hours. And, and we worked these different amounts of time. So it's collective. If you took the number of people that showed up and then and the multiplied by the time of, that they had, we actually gave the city 28,000 hours of work. That's pretty impressive. So when you see 1,400, just understand, that's all of us collectively. So that if there's 20 of us, that, and we work five hours, we're only counting five hours. We're not counting, uh, what if I, 100 hours. I went to school in Arkansas, give me a second. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? This next year, our goal is 10,000 collective hours together. You're crazy, Aaron. We've already certified that one, folks. I'm just telling you, it's to do that. Why? Because we want to go. And, and, and here's, here's part of the reason behind this. I want you to go. I want you to see. I want you to smell. I want you to take your kids. Because there's parts of this city you won't go into. And there's parts of the city that you avoid. And parts of the city you don't want your kids to, 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 to see. I'm just telling you, it's real. And the only way you're going to get a heart for that city is if you go and you work in that city and you volunteer in that city and you give to that city. And as long as we stay in our little suburban neighborhoods, which are totally fine, I get it, I understand it, I, I like my world, but we've at some point got to get out of our world and develop a heart for that and to do that. And so I'm asking you to do that. So if you grab your communication card once again, because I'm talking to regulars, I'm not talking to guests on this point, where it says guests right there, if you're willing to do it one second Saturday, just one, 
Sometime in the next 12 months, just right there where it says guest, just write second Saturday as big as you want to. Seriously, just take, go right there. Just write second Saturday. And here's what's going to happen. We're just going to keep you on the email list and say, hey, we got a second Saturday coming. Would you like to be a part of this? Bring your family, this, whatever. Second Saturday, per the name, the second Saturday of every month, we go in the morning and we serve in an area of ministry. Sometimes it's food pantries. Sometimes it's soup kitchens. Sometimes it's a park. Sometimes it's, it's, it's a local outreach. Sometimes it's with a Christian organization. Sometimes it's with a city organization. But we just serve and we love and we give. And we just do it. I don't ask you to give any money. We don't need you to write a check. We don't need you to... We just, 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 come, just give, your, give it your time. So if you want to do that, just write that right there. Just second Saturday right there. And then you can put that in the offering when it comes by in just a minute. Because I want to get you involved. I want to get your kids to get involved. I want you to hear it, see it, smell it, experience it. The other, the, 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 another thing is, 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 is new campus. I want to talk to you at Germantown just for a minute. Because we're building this incredible facility. And it's going, to be, it's going to be incredible. I mean, they're already starting on the west side to, to, to put the foundation down. And all of that's happening. It's, it's exciting. So would you be willing, if we started a campus... In your neighborhood, that would be closer to you, would you be willing to go there? Maybe it's at a school. Maybe it's at a movie theater. Maybe it's a storefront with a pole right in the middle. We've been in it for 10 years. Hello, welcome to Life Church. Would you be willing to do that? Would you be willing to leave this campus and go there? Well, I just, I, I, I just don't know. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm giving a significant amount of money for that building. So you're giving for yourself? Well, I think you're taking it out of context. No, I mean, I want my kids to be. So it's about you. I think that's a bit unfair. No, I think it's really fair. Well, I mean, don't you want to be in that new building? Let me say like this. I will stand in a dusty gym floor at some high school in some suburban city area or in the inner city of Milwaukee if it means somebody coming to faith in Christ. It's never been about, and it will never be about bricks and sticks with me. These are buildings. And the Bible says at the end of the, end of the day, one day these things are all going to burn. They're just facilities to facilitate what he's doing. Why are we doing it then? Because we're creating seats for people. And my question to you is, would you be willing to give up your comfortable seat and to start a campus over here or start a campus over Because we're going to continue to do this. And I'm saying this to you now, not to convict you, because I've never went to anybody and said, hey, I need you to move. Hey, would you go to this campus? Hey, would you? We always just say, whoever wants to come, here's what we're going to do. Here's what's going to happen. We need your help. We'd love to have you. But we're not coming to you and telling you, you got to move here. You got to go here, whatever. That's your choice. It, 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 but, but I'm just saying, at the end of the day, are you willing to give up to go up? Are you willing to say, I will move out of my comfort zone if that means I'll give up my seat here for someone else and I'll start something over here? Invest and invite. Invite. On the Germantown campus, the number of guests in the last 12 months are dramatically down. And I will tell you why. Part of it is, is facilities. We are just topped out. We're doing everything we can. It's just simple numbers. It's simple math. 
Well, there's room in here, but if you go to the nursery, there's not. Just, just the way it is. But the other thing is, is as we get older as a congregation and we get more mature, what happens is we quit being around people that aren't saved and people that don't know Christ. And so we have no relationship with people that are far away from God. And it's not that we really don't care. It's just life happens and it's busy and we just don't. And, and unless you're intentional about reaching people far away from Christ, unless you're intentional about loving people that are unsaved, unless you're intentional, unless you're asking God to bring those people across your path, you just kind of go on. So you drive past your neighbors who don't go to church and you, and, and you, you walk past the, the cubicles of people that, that, that don't go to church anywhere and you just find yourself in a situation where you just... You just Life happens, excuses, whatever you want to do. But you're not around people that are far away from God, so you don't invite anybody to church. And the reality is, is that all of a sudden, church becomes about us. Church becomes about me. Church becomes about what I want and how I like it. I told the hundred people that were here when I got here ten years ago, I refuse to waste my life on church people. I will give my life, but I refuse to waste my life trying to herd church people together. I had a lady in the foyer a few weeks ago when I was talking about the vision for satellites. She just go, well, I understand, but you better take care of the church people because if you don't, they'll leave. And I said, ma'am, with all due respect, there's the door. I never, ever, ever, ever went into ministry because I was trying to keep church people happy. You would be insane to do that. I did this because as a 14-year-old kid at an altar and a youth camp, I said, God, you're calling me into ministry. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll say what you want me to say. You want me to be in the inner city? You want me to be in a foreign country? You want me to be in a suburb? It doesn't matter. Milwaukee wasn't my idea. It's his. Are you unhappy about it? No. I'm having the time of my stinking life, and I'm flourishing and being blessed. But I'm just telling you, I'm here because he called. I'm here because that's what he asked me to do. And I just want to be fair with you. That at the end of this day, this church has been built on and will always be built on as long as I'm the senior pastor about reaching people that are far away from God. Whosoever calls the name of the Lord will be saved. And if it's in some dusty gym floor that we're setting up and tearing down, if it's in a movie theater in the western suburbs, if it's in a brand new facility in Germantown, if it's going to wherever, if it's under a stinking bridge, we will proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ until he comes. That's all we have. That's the hope of the gospel. And so what I'm saying to you is, is that we have to make sure that we have a heart for our city. Why are you so animated? Well, this weekend, there'll be a, a mom whose husband will say to her, I'm going to go to Life Church this weekend with you. She's been praying. She's been, she's, she's been asking her, her saved friends to pray with her and believe with her for her husband, whom she loves, who's a good man. But he's just, he's just far away from God. Maybe he got hurt in church. And church has always been done for the insider and not for the person. And he, he just, but this weekend, he says, I'll go. I'm telling you, this happens every weekend at Life Church. And as, she, and, and, and as she's getting the kids ready that morning, she's doing everything to make sure everything is right where it needs to be. Because here's the bottom line. She knows she's got one chance. She knows it. 
And she knows that how he feels about church people and Christians. She knows how he feels about pastors. She knows how he feels about all this other kind of stuff. I mean, he doesn't even, you don't even go to a real church, right? Because it's in a storefront. And, and so the reality is, is, is that she's driving to church. She's getting the kids ready. Everything's ready. She's just praying. And she's gripping the steering wheel. And she's saying, oh God, please today. I pray, I pray as we pull in the parking lot. I just pray, Lord, let the kids be in a good mood. I pray, oh, Lord, let them not fight. Oh, God, we need a miracle. You know what I'm talking about. We need a miracle, Lord. And, and I just pray, and I just pray, Lord, let people be friendly and let people be kind and let them be, let them be thoughtful. I pray, Lord, as we walk into the foyer, as we walk into, let, let, let the greeters just be warm and friendly. Let, let, let there be someone like Rich that's there that, that just says, hey, how are you? And just gives a, I just pray, Lord, let, let, let them connect. I just pray, Lord, as, 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 as we go into life, kids, Lord, I pray let there be enough workers because you know God, he'll just give the Heisman and go, hey, I'll stay here with the kids, you go in there. And you know, Lord, if he's trying to take care of the kids either on the back row or, or, or in the foyer, he's not going to be able to pay attention to what's going on. And God, when he gets into the service, I pray let the worship be like it was three weeks ago. Lord, do you remember when all of a sudden, man, Nando hit that chord on the guitar and the roof felt like Miller Park, like it was going to open up and you just filled the room. Let him feel it, God. And Lord, as pastor preaches, please, please, God, let him not take an offering, two offerings this week, God. Please, that's what y'all pray all the time. Please, Lord, I just pray, let him be funny like he was three weeks ago. And let my husband get it. And oh God, I'm not even praying for his salvation. I just pray, let him be willing to come back. With all humility and due respect, that's the one person I preach to every weekend. That person is why I'm here. I pray for you ladies that have husbands that don't know Jesus. I pray every time you write on a prayer request for the salvation of someone, I pray with you. Stand in prayer. Quote Matthew 18, 19, 20. Remind God of his word. That's why we're here. And here's the amazing thing. When we take care of God's world, he takes care of ours. When we serve the world in which we live in, God serves us. When we fight and elbow ourselves at his table to get our piece of God's stake, we lose it all. But when we are willing to step back and say, no, let somebody else sit, let somebody else sit, let somebody else sit. Well, I'm not being fed. Well, I don't get fed any weekend at Life Church. Is that good for y'all? Because I have to hear me talk for four weekends, for four services. So I tell you what I do. I get alone with God, and I just go, God, fill me. Yeah, but you're a pastor. No, 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 no. The Bible says, according to Ephesians, that, that, that we're either marketplace ministers or we're vocational ministers. But we are all called to full-time vocational ministry. And my job isn't to feed you. My job is to equip you. Which means, it's, if you go to the original Greek, it means I'm to stir up the gifts of God in you. I'm to rattle the pots and pans. I'm to get in your face and go, come on, team. Don't forget, we've got an enemy out there. Come on, team. We're here together. If, if somebody's hurt, let's, let's rally around them. Let's help them get healed. Come on, team. Let's, let's build another church. Come on, team. Let's give another dollar to missions. Come on, team. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Let's look, at, let's look to the east because one day Jesus is coming back. Soon and very soon we'll see the king. But today, as long as we have daylight, we have a time to proclaim his goodness and his grace until he comes. That's what it's all about. That's what we're about. And I just 
came by to tell you. Great commission. Go into all the world and preach and teach the gospel. Father, I just pray. Help us. Oh God, I pray if I ever lose this heart, take me out of vocational ministry. God, if we ever as a church lose this passion for people, not for nice church people, but for people. Lord, send us the people nobody else wants. God, help us minister to people that are hurting right where they are. Help us, Lord, to, 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 to bind, bind up the brokenhearted, Lord, to, to, to set at liberty those that are captive. Lord, to see, God, see, Lord, those that are blind, see their sight restored. I just pray, help us. Help us until you come to be a church that's about going and giving the love and the grace of Jesus Christ. I pray, give us a heart for this city. God, give me a heart. Lord, give me a heart. And I pray, help us in everything that we do, in every area that we, that we have. Lord, to give and to go, to invest and to invite until you come. In Jesus' name, amen.